All right, thanks for tuning in. Garen Emig and Bill Hasted here to, uh, to chat with you about the, uh, the world of sports as we see it, literally, Tulsa World Sports columnist. Uh, we appreciate your uh, continued uh, patronage. Keep uh, reading our material on TulsaWorld.com. That's also where we do the occasional video podcast. Uh, it can be uh, heard by downloading uh, that version on Spotify, Google, and Apple. So thank you very much, first of all, for that. Bill, it's been a while since you and I chatted. Um, nothing crazy has happened, although something did pop up minutes before we hooked up via Zoom out of the Players' Tribune. Lincoln Riley decided that uh, now was the time to sort of tell his version of the uh, the Oklahoma to USC story. Uh, I've We've both browsed it, so it's not like we've, we've parsed word for word what he had to say, but do you have any overall impressions on, on first why he wrote it and then what he wrote. Um, well, like I mentioned to you before we hit record, uh, it just felt like to me it was a cathartic exercise for, for Lincoln to like, like he's probably said all of this in some form or fashion 10 times to different media people and maybe even piecemeal throughout his media obsessions in LA, I don't know, uh, but, it just felt like a cathartic kind of a deal for him to, in his words, on his terms, to put it out there and then to kind of wash his hands and say, okay, I'm kind of, I, I bet, now I'm presuming this part of it though, Garrett, is, is I bet he kind of, at least symbolically, kind of washed his hands and said, I'm done talking about this. I wanted to say what I said here. Right. And you very uh, astutely uh, point out that he did not mention uh, anything uh, regarding the OU move to the SEC. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but, but no, I, I did a super quick read. And, you know, I think it's heartfelt that he loved OU and, and enjoyed OU. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, <clears throat> it changed his life. Right. Uh, and and I'll, I'll always marvel at the how all of that converged uh, OU in 2014 and 2013 was kind of a mess at the quarterback position. And depending on how you feel about Landry Jones, you could go back to, you know, 09 through 2014. I mean, because Landry got you big, big stats, but didn't get you the yeah. results you were wanting. So, um, but for Baker Mayfield to become eligible at the same time that Lincoln Riley was hired and began to call plays, uh, and for OU to go from the Tyreek punt re return to the playoff in one year because of those two guys, uh, Lincoln Riley, you know, I just kind of li liken Lincoln Riley's run at OU to Kevin Durant's with the Thunder. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see if, if Lincoln Riley goes and wins championships at Southern Cal. I have my doubts about that, but um, he's certainly in a, in a conference now that better suits. I, it feels like better suits his football personality. Well, it's not the SEC. So, and again, and you mentioned that. Uh, that's that's one thing that oh, you if you're looking at what he wrote from an Oklahoma perspective, the, the, the fan base in particular is going to jump all over that. He he says the reason he went was because strictly strictly because of the opportunity in Los Angeles. They're going to say that's that's not necessarily true. It's not where he was going. It's where Oklahoma was going, and he was sort of running from that. That's that's their, that's going to be their argument. Riley was probably right uh, strategically not to bring the SEC into the mix. In, in his piece in the Players' Tribune. Um, something he did write that I thought was important was he owned the fact that he could have handled the departure better. That he did talk to 
it was hard for him to, to meet the team the way he did. He did talk to certain players after the fact. I think I've got this right. He specifically said, I wish I'd had an individual meeting with each one of them on my way out. Well, most coaches, I think, truth be told, do rue the fact that they they just jet for, for when they whatever school, whatever sport. And uh, the, the thing that hits them is uh, how the players might have felt about the coach that recruited them jetting on them. Uh, so I thought that was an important inclusion in, in terms of of, uh, of of the piece. The other thing, Bill, I'd say is that there wasn't a real outline of the timeline, and that continues to to rankle uh, OU fans who wondered what was wrong, what was going on all of last season. That there must have been something, you know, bubbling under the surface, or else the team wouldn't have been playing that inconsistently. And uh, Riley didn't lend any credence to that at all when he said it was essentially a call from my agent. And that essentially became a, a Zoom with USC officials after the Bedlam loss. And that essentially became my next job. So anyway, we'll see where it goes, if it goes from there. You may be right. This may be the end of the line in terms of Riley talking about leaving Oklahoma. Um, I, think would, I think you would like for it to be the end of the line. Yeah, right. Yeah. I just pray somehow – some way in the next couple of years, we have an OU Southern Cal Bowl game. That's right. <laughs> Don't you? I mean, what a great storyline. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, like, like if, if Phil and Mickelson both happened to play here next month in the PGA of America, it would be so brilliant to pair those two, put them together and have them play together. And I feel the same way. It's some Somehow, some way, you've got to get OU and Southern Cal together. If, if it's not a playoff, scenario then then just just wipe the slate clean and just say whatever we got to do we got to get these two together because it's too it's too good for tv and it's and it would generate a lot of uh, a lot of interest you mentioned baker mayfield bill a little bit ago with regard to riley's time at oklahoma baker mayfield gets a statue on uh christened unveiled however you want to put it at halftime of ou spring scrimmage saturday in norman fair to say that fans are more interested in in mayfield and the statue than the scrimmage or is the scrimmage because it's a bunch of new players and dylan gabriel and brent venables does that does that sort of even you know tip the scale a little bit it exactly evens it i think because mm -hmm. uh i mean everybody's desperate to see just even if even in a massively controlled situation Quick whistles and and all of it. What's the forecast, by the way, for Saturday? Rain you know, at some point, really. But I don't know if it's going to happen. At, you know, during from three to five. Same or, thing. Same, same thing in Stillwater. I don't know if it's going to happen from one to three. Well, you just yeah. I was going to say it's Stillwater from eleven to eleven fifteen. But but anyway, uh, it's it'll, it'll be a little more than that at Stillwater. Uh, but but because everybody's so desperate to see what Gabriel looks like, just how he moves in an OU uniform and how he looks on the field. And, and um, so, yeah, no, no, there's, there's a double shot of, of, uh, of an attraction over there for sure. The, the statue, of course, has anybody seen the statue? I don't think anyone has. No, I don't, I don't believe they have. So nobody, uh, nobody's all, all, around and hauled it around Norman on the back of a flatbed. <laughs> the only thing I know is that, Apparently, the the ideas the, the ideas of him, you know, holding planting the flag in Columbus or doing something else, or you know, just run, run, sprinting down the field, you know, making like Pete Townsend of the Who waving his arm and the windmill in the arm. I think it's going to be a football pose, is what I'm saying. But what what pose? I don't specific pose. I have no idea. You know what? The it, now that I I haven't really got, given any thought to pose options, but 
because I don't think I've ever seen it on any other football statue, the flag would be awesome. It really would. I mean, and I don't think it'd be a shot at Ohio State. Come on. Yeah. I'm holding the flag with, you know, obviously the OU logo on the flag. What's wrong with it? No, I, I think it'd be pretty cool and different uh, statue. But, you know, talk about a kind of a well-timed deal for Mayfield, who needs kind of a shot of love. And exactly. Yeah. Be uplifted. And so here you go. Come back to Norman. It's like Sally Field. And what, what movie? Uh, was it Sally Field? What was that movie where she would go to the mall just so people would fawn over her and give her love? Oh, gosh. That was the only I was going to say. I'm going Smokey and the Bandit. I'm going Norma Ray. <laughs> no, it, I'm well, going places like, in the heart. But yeah, she got. Oh, she played like a soap opera actress, and she would go to the mall when she was having a tough day, just so people would go crazy over her and show my age here. Yeah, uh, give her give her some love. So I think it'll be a little bit of that for Baker Saturday to come back and just be overwhelmed with appreciation and affection. I think that's a great point. Most there's been some people who say it's going to be awkward for him because of what he's dealing with in the NFL. No, I think I think it'll be a cocoon basically. I he's going to get. I, he's supposed to meet the media after the fact, and it, the NFL will come up. Heck, there may be an NFL writer too that comes to Norman just because it's an op- opportunity to right speak to him about it. Sure. Uh, so I'm not saying it's 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 off. You know, I, I don't imagine Mike Houck's going to get up and say only OU related questions. I guess he could. But um, all that would do is draw attention to the other episode. I kind of hope he doesn't. So, I, I yeah, I, I agree, though. I think this this will be a uh, – you mentioned cathartic in terms of what Riley just wrote in the Players' Tribune. Cathartic is probably the right word for what Mayfield's doing this weekend. So uh, The Sally Field movie was Soap Dish. One movie. <laughs> I missed that was, one. Yeah, when she – well, it was actually a comedy. It's pretty good. Uh I hadn't thought about that movie since I saw that movie, but but I remember being mildly uh, entertained by it. Right. No, no, this, this is good. This is like uh, uh, it reminds me of Mayfield came back to to host a camp after his rookie year, mm-hmm. and it was like Woodstock. I mean, they had it at like a city park in Norman, and it was just a sea of people, a sea of people. And then you remember because Billy Sims showed up, Barry Switzer showed up. They ran a little wishbone for a photo op it's a pretty cool event actually um so i i don't know if, if uh i don't even i watched a uh, podcast uh with baker recorded last week i think right I what podcast but he was on a sitting on a sofa somewhere at somebody's house and and uh with a couple of guys right and it's the one that most recently got a lot of run you know they pulled a lot of quotes out of that and um where he kind of really really there was less of a filter on what he had to say about Cleveland. And, and uh, it, was, it was really, really interesting, though. Uh, and it, I, I thought the other guys kind of tried to bait him into saying outrageous stuff, and he didn't do it. He he was smart to keep himself uh, in check for the yep. most part. But, but, no, I mean, it's it's for – Guys like Garen Emick and Eric Bailey and Eric Eli Letterman and all the beat people. I mean, you got pretty interesting copy potential coming mm-hmm. out of that Saturday. I mean, and it can't be all OU questions. It just can't. Right. And if if, if somebody if my cop tries that, somebody needs to blow right through that stop sign. Nah, I don't think that. Anyone, I love my cop, uh, and I don't think Mike would do that though. Right. I mean, Baker's a grown grown blank yeah. man. 
Baker's Baker's a grown man. He didn't have to. He didn't have to abide by that. All right, Stillwater. Um, fans are. I'm looking for the uh, you know the the what's going to be the shiny object for fans to chase at their what's essentially a practice. Mike Gundy has gone out and said we don't have enough linemen, offensive linemen to to you know go head to head even. And I'm not even sure if teams go head to head. They tackle anyone anymore. So again, be cautious about overreacting to anything uh, anywhere when it comes to a spring game. But but in case, in terms of the Cowboys, uh, just curious to see if they line up differently <laughs> under Derek Mason than they did under Jim Knowles. Interested to see uh, who uh, Spencer Sanders is handing the ball to since it's not Jalen Warren or L.D. Brown any longer. What uh, what what grabs you at least going into to Stillwater Saturday? Uh, to see, like, who, who the top four – I'm sorry, the top two guys at each of the four – Secondary positions, what what that looks like. See what the linebacking rotation looks like. Really, most of my interest centers on that side of it. Uh, I guess because I've good grief for so many springs and so many Augusts, I have said, all right, I'm just going to focus on the offensive line because they've got to get this figured out. And they're, right. they're the missing link to, for them to really challenge for the Big Twelve and. Uh, so I, I would see now that they can win without a good offensive line. They've been doing it for the most part, you know, since Wickline left nine, nine, nine years, nine years ago. Holy moly. Wickline <laughs> about nine years. You talk about a, a divorce that shouldn't have happened, didn't have to happen. Uh, of course, Joe, Joe's the one that made it happen. But, uh, you know, Joe's career was never the same after, and OSU's line culture has never been the same since Wickland. So, of course, I'll watch the O-line, but but I won't watch it uh, too intently because what are you going to get out of it? A bunch of quick whistles and and right, right. football. It's not tackle football. So, really, just to look at personnel and, and at least where they stand today with regard to if we were playing tonight – these would be our two safeties, and these would be our primary corners, and and these would be the first guys to roll in behind them, and and just to see what the rotation looks like, and yeah, to, to see if there is anything remarkably different, if at, if if different at all, with the way Derek Mason does things versus the way Coach Knowles did things. So, but uh, you know, I've gotten messages from multiple people, and regarding Derek Mason and the gist of the message every time, like, like a, a high school coach who went to the clinic last week and he's like, Derek Mason. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, I can see, you know, why Gundy was so fired up to get this guy in here and so impressive in every regard. And sure. And so, yeah, and I haven't met him, haven't been around him yet. So looking forward to meeting him. And, and uh, but with regard to real football, uh, you know, OSU got a commitment uh, at the quarterback position, which right. I've been wondering when are they going to get us kind of a signature quarterback situation in recruiting and whether this guy becomes a signature quarterback for them, time will tell. But his name is Zane Flores from the Omaha area. Uh, looks like Trevor Lawrence. And by that, I mean, really looks like Trevor Lawrence. Oh. Long hair, uh, kind Sunshine. of a type. Yeah. Uh, I'm not suggesting he's got Trevor Lawrence's game. But uh, he does look like Trevor Lawrence. And his name is Zane Flores from Gretna, Nebraska, which is interesting, too, because Nebraska didn't offer him. But a lot of other schools did. Um, 
and he's 20 minutes outside of Omaha, mm -hmm. but Oklahoma State did get him, and I bet he's there Saturday. Uh, I, I remember previous committed guys always showing up on spring game Saturday, so um, sir, that's, how, that's where I met Spencer Sanders the first time, was at the spring game, so I would expect Zane Flores to be there, but from a uh, football takeaway standpoint, uh, there's not going to be a great deal uh, at OU beyond what does Dylan Gabriel look like, and there's not going to be much at OSU other than just as Gundy always states, you know, just don't get anybody hurt. Yep, just, that's right. Let's get to the finish line without somebody getting hurt, catch our breath, and get back in it mm -hmm. in June. That's the uh, that's the thud talking right there. That's just just make contact. Don't bring them all the way to the ground. A couple of couple of TU players got in trouble at the uh, at their scrimmage a couple of weeks ago for going a little overboard on thud. So um, hey, that wasn't even a tackle on the one at TU. That was a that was a like WWE body slam. Yeah. That was <laughs> hey, I, I was impressed. I was like. Oh, Someone wanted to make an impression, right? All so, right. Some kid at T's wanted to get Philip Montgomery's uh, attention. Hey, uh, I heard you, I think it was, it was late, like it was late last week, uh, driving around town. You were doing some radio with your friend Al Jerkins, and uh, your percentage on Tiger coming to Tulsa was 50-50 still. I think that's right. I hope I didn't – that you, you said coin flip, something to that effect. Absolutely. You, you still say that? Yeah, yeah, but not, not. I don't have any more insight, or or there have been no. There's no reporting on like, okay, today Tiger feels a little better than yesterday, or today Tiger actually went out and swung a club a little bit. I haven't seen any of that. I'm just saying, uh, it's been because there's six weeks between the the Masters and the PGA Championship. Mm -hmm. So I guess all along has been now that he's gotten out and broken some scar tissue by doing that 72 hole comeback at Augusta that went from promising to a little bit of a setback and then a really difficult weekend. And you could see uh, the change in his stride from Friday to Sunday. It was quite a bit different. I mean, he's hurting. So um, my guess is, you know, he's three shy of tying Jack Nicklaus. So the only way he's got any chance ever of winning any more majors is to play in the majors. And he has won here before. And so my guess is, Garen, if he if he reaches, let's say, by this coming Monday, he will have been two full weeks removed from the Masters. If he's starting to feel – if he and his team of medical people are starting to feel like he's able to play here, I think he will. It, yeah. just, it just blows my mind that now – because when I wrote about it maybe six or eight weeks ago, I wrote – 50-50 on Phil, 2% on Tiger. Now it's just flip-flopped. It's exactly the way I feel mm -hmm. about those guys, except the other way around. 2% yeah. on Phil, 50% on Tiger. So I don't think Phil's going to come here. I don't. I, I, don't play this year. Hmm? I don't know that he'll play this whole year. No, I think, yeah. And I, I don't think we're going to see Mickelson again for a bit. I, I – who – okay, so this is interesting. Let's say Tiger doesn't come and Phil is still sort of – you know, sideline. He's been shelved, whether it's him or the PGA or, or and Darren, your man DeChambeau has a wrist injury, had surgery. He oh, ain't coming. My man DeChambeau. Well, our, when did our, he become well, my he, man? <laughs> he would have been an interesting follow and an interesting guy to write about. That's sure. that's that's what, that's what I was just about to ask you. If you remove, if you move, okay, now that's three that you put aside. Is Rory McElroy the 
does he draw the biggest gallery Thursday? Is that no. Sergio? <laughs> is that Ricky Fowler? No, I think I think uh well, no, I think I think it would be I don't think there is going to be a uh, a single one player who has just an Arnie's army kind of a gallery. I don't, it, I mean, there are guys, any one of the three who I don't think will be here, Mickelson, DeChambeau, and well, Tigers are 50, 50. Um, any one of those guys would have a massive gallery. Um, but, oh man, I mean, Victor Hovland's going to have a big audience. Um, Rory's going to have a big audience. It'll just be more spread out. It's with regard to the quality of the tournament, it's, it's still going to be great golf. And there's going yeah, to be right. 20, I don't know, 20 players going into it that you could say, yeah, this guy could win the tournament. Yeah. So I need to look at the updated odds board. Nobody in the world is hotter. <clears throat> uh, Scotty Scheffler is the hottest player in the world. Right, for sure. Or, But is he, but, is he a, a rock star player? No, he's not. not. Not now. Right, right. He's like Tom Kite. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, really, straight Very line good. greatness with no frills and and no controversy and and uh, and then, you know, uh, Jordan Spieth is a guy who will have a big audience for sure. Uh, and you hope that. Uh, did you see his wife run on the green the other day and jump up and down? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah for sure. Don't do that. You mentioned you're 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 yeah you're mentioning the uh, kite was a Longhorn. Right, once upon a time, I think he was a Texas guy, wasn't he? I think okay. he was. Oh yeah, he's hooked so, more. So Spieth and uh, so you, yeah, you, you're, it was a purpose pitch you just made there because Spieth and right and, uh, and Scheffler also also hookums. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right. Uh, no, I mean, I, there there wouldn't be a uh, uh, name above the title kind of a guy, right, uh, for this tournament. But but a lot still great golf and and um, you know. I, I mean, my favorite player now is Justin Thomas, just as a fan of golf. Uh, Justin Thomas will have a nice gallery, but it would be more spread out. It would be, in fact, now that you're making me think about it, this could be a column idea later on, but there's always been a, uh, you know, the PGA Championship starring Tiger Woods, starring right. Hogan. There's always been a, like a really heavy favorite popular player Although maybe 94, I don't remember. Nick Price was number one in the world, but he was never a rock star kind of mm -hmm. guy. But he came here and kicked everybody and won more decisively than anybody's ever won here. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I hadn't really thought about that part of it, but. Um, we'll see what Tiger does first, right? We'll see one way or the other, maybe. Yeah, but I just have a feeling with Tiger, we're not going to know until maybe the Friday before. Got you know it. what I mean? They're just going to. It's going to drag out. I mean, it's just like the Tom Brady thing and how skillfully he manipulated that whole situation with the retirement and a comeback. And it's just a way to, like, uh, um, market your brand almost is to leave people hanging and then announce it on, you know, like I, I think there'll be a dramatic announcement on Twitter, like the Friday before the yeah. tournament starts from Tiger. Yeah. You know, I'd like to think he'd it'll just be a map with Tulsa in the you know, on the map or something. Yeah, and that would be cool. I mean, if he did that, we we wouldn't care how he did it. It's just that he was coming. But that, that, that if he if he does that and right before the tournament to this to the, the to uh, say that he's not doesn't that sort of short circuit the tournament? Isn't is, I don't think the PGA would be too pleased with that. 
Yeah, but if you know what though, if he if he calls him at like seven o'clock Thursday morning and says, "Eh, I'm gonna play," they'd say, "Cool." Oh I'm no, gonna... they're all, no. If 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 any decision to play is made, whatever the time, they'll 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 turn flips. I'm just saying, if if he draws it draws it out and then and then says, "I just can't do it," that's that was the point. I just I got to think that if I think he'll make a. My guess is if if he doesn't play, we'll hear before the the week before the, or the, uh, the, you know, 24, 48 hours before everyone starts showing up in Tulsa, but I could be wrong. So okay. anyway, all right. We are uh, less than 30 days away from it. I know. And, and, um, holy cow, we are like 29 days. So yeah. here we go. All right. Well, keep uh, reading Bill's material. He's got a bunch of really cool stories that uh, he's already uh, cranked out columns with regard to, uh, PGA's of past of years past. Those involved behind the scenes at Southern Hills, you want to read his material. Barry Lewis is doing some uh, some work. We'll all pitch in between now and the start of the tournament. We'll all be writing a lot about spring football this weekend. So please keep reading and keep watching and listening when we go uh, multimedia and do this podcast thing. We're going to have a piece in the Friday paper, Garrett, on a Nawaso athlete who has become very, very, very interesting. Cole Adams, football athlete with an offer now from Alabama. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, – in fact, I will be heading to uh, Wasso briefly here uh, in just a little bit. Okay. Uh, so interviews this afternoon with the OSU quarterback commit, immediately followed by a sit-down with Cole Adams at Owasso, who is one cool. of the four or five best players in the state. Very cool. Yeah. So All right. Friday paper. Yep. Look for that. I've got something on Derek Mason uh, for later in the week before uh, the Cowboys get together uh to uh thud as mike gunny says all right folks thanks for listening and watching we'll do this again soon